0: Hey, welcome in to Sink Truth Podcast. Mark Schlerth alongside Mike Evans, millennial BIM producer of the show. Uh, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, great folks over at bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, Bet with bet Rivers. Mike, how are you, buddy? Super Bowl uh, week, man.
1: Super Bowl week. I, I'm, I'm always curious when this time of year comes around, you having played in three of them, and I think at all three of them, there were, there were the two weeks in between? Yes, yes. What's that like for a player to handle... Not only the week off in between, right. but then Super Bowl week.
0: Well, you know, interestingly enough, so two different trains of thought. So, um, as a member of the Washington Redskins, back when Joe Gibbs was our coach, the first week, he didn't. his theory was, I don't want to put in the game plan until we get to the game site. So, I don't want you to get bored with the game plan. I always want it to be fresh and new. So I don't want to change our routine to put in a game plan and get ready to play. So our first week being at home, we went back to fundamentals and training camp practices. We beat the piss out of one another. It was unbelievable. We were back in nine on seven and like regular, like what we would do in training camp for one practice. And it was full contact, full go, not worried about injury. We didn't worry about any of that stuff. We just went. And then we flew out to the Super Bowl site um Sunday night and then we started our week of preparation you know we had media day Tuesday we had some media stuff on Monday met together as a team but we really did not start game planning until that Wednesday morning on Super Bowl site in Minnesota and so it was very much like a regular week and I had a uh, 30 reunion I think it was the 30 year reunion of Super Bowl 26 um we did a Zoom last March. And Joe Gibbs talked about that week of practice, that week of preparation, and how on Thursday we're going through, and we, we were always, like, we never took our pads off. We were always in pads, even on Fridays. So for that was my third year in the league. I would never not been in shoulder pads and helmet and full tilt on Fridays, even though they were shorter practices. And we were, like, we're literally gonna murder each other out there we're flying around hitting each other and john madden had come to watch our practice and joe gibbs was like joe gibbs was like i gotta i gotta like shut down practice to john he goes these guys are gonna murder each other like i gotta shut down practice and so we call practice early and joe said that john goes there is no way, Buffalo Bills do not have a chance in this game after watching us practice. They don't have a chance in this game as he kind of walked away from, as Joe was going to call the practice. Um, And and so the Friday, that Friday was the first time we ever did a Friday practice in my three, my first three years in Washington without having full pads on. We took our shoulder pads off because Joe Gibbs was like, you guys are so ready to freaking play this game. Now, fast forward a few years, to my time in Wash, or my time here in Denver. And we put in the entire game plan on the Wednesday in the bye week. And Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we did just like we were preparing for a game on Sunday. And then we shut it down for a couple of days, came back and reinstalled this exact same game plan.
1: And didn't get bored with it, obviously.
0: It was one of those things where then it became a challenge, A hey, not one repeated play, not one ball touched the ground and let's take a practice it's normally two hours and five minutes and cut it down to a minute an hour and 50. you know and how fast can we practice and how fast can we go? And so that was kind of that was kind of the two different ways mm-hmm. you game plan. I will say the one similarity between those two teams and those two coaches, Joe Gibbs and Mike Shanahan, were you're this is a business trip. You know, hey, man, make time for your families on, on Wednesday and, and Thursday. Um, and then your families basically, you know, are on their own because we got a game to win. And, you know, it's funny. Somebody asked me my, one of my coolest memories of, of playing in Super Bowls. And one of the coolest things for me um, was being around Mike Shanahan And the way he thought and the way he game planned and the things that he would tell us during the week, they came to fruition during the game. And so somebody goes, hey, man, what was your favorite Super Bowl memory? And I go, you know, Super Bowl 32. And there's it's my favorite Super Bowl simply because of the history of John Elway in the Super Bowl, 11 and a half point underdog, blah, 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 all that stuff. Right. Um, And, you know, and just absolutely open a can of whoop ass. 31-24, Thirty-one twenty-four, and that's whoop-ass. On your birthday, by the way. On my 32nd birthday, Super Bowl 32, won it single-handedly. Don't even <laughs> want to tell the story. But anyhow, um, the coolest thing is we had a meeting one evening. I can't remember exactly when it was. But Mike had this whole cut-up reel of the Green Bay Packers and the way they played their front and their defense versus a certain formation. And that formation was strong right or left slot meaning the Z receiver, if you have an X and a Z, the X is weak and the Z is strong, moves over and gets in the slot on the X side. So two receivers on one side. And, you know, and then you you always, there's two things. People do that to to designate coverage. So if you're in base, you only have two corners on the field. If the corner comes over, obviously it's man-to-man. But they would play that out of a zone. And what they would do is the weak side linebacker would kick out over the Z receiver. So he would widen his path and then the safety would come down late in run support on that side. And so what ended up happening is Mike put up this cut up reel, of probably 20 plus plays of this formation from every team during the season. And that was the Green Bay Packers adjustment and Leroy Butler on any wide handoff play away from away from the slot side would make the tackle in the backfield pretty much every time. At least the clips he showed us, it was like it was like a hundred percent. And he's just that nobody's blocking him because on the backside, the guard and the tackle are scooping. They're double teaming the three technique out to that Will Backer who's walked in coverage. And so here comes that safety just rolling up, making tackles. So it wasn't the first play of the Super Bowl that we called but it was like in the first series maybe the second or third play. So we line up in strong right slot. Fullback is on the tight end side. He cuts across. So it's a split flow play. He cuts across, takes away the defensive end. He blocks him. Guard and tackle scoop. Normally you scoop to that weak side linebacker who has now walked over that Z receiver. And and so sure enough like we're in the you know we're in the blue 80. Blue 80. And you could see that all of a sudden that will starts to creep out. He's walking away, and I'm like, zim, 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 zim. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah I got you. Because now we're not going to go to him. And sure enough, we scoop the three technique, which Santana Dotson. And here comes Leroy Butler rolling up there like he is just, like he's getting ready to go tackle practice, you know, his twinkle toes up there. I hit him in the freaking jaw and about broke it. <laughs> and TD cuts behind us for like a 12-yard gain. And I'll never forget, after that play, kind of walking back to the huddle going to his I go, oh, we got him. <laughs> we got him. Like, oh, we got him. I bet you we ran it 15 times. TD ended up missing a quarter of the – a full quarter because he had a migraine headache, a full quarter of the Super Bowl and still came away with 158 yards of rushing. Um, was he MVP? Yeah, it was the MVP. So, it's, it's still to this day just my favorite memory because – Exactly what Mike said was going to happen. I mean, he was like, he's like this seer, you know, the yeah. all, he's like, what was the guy on Johnny Carson, Creskin or whatever? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is he all seeing Creskin. He'd just be like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get in this formation. I think it
1: was Karnak. But, Karnak, uh... yeah, thank
0: you. <laughs> Karnak. Hey, go, we're going to do this. They're going to get in this, we're going to get in this formation. They're going to counter with this for me. And this is what we're going to do. And this is why we're going to eat them alive. And then it would just happen. And you did. Yeah.
1: Well, that's Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid's job this week to to put together the game plan. Reid's been there before; Sirianni hasn't. Yeah, advantage, big advantage, Reid.
0: I don't like. I don't really think there's an advantage to to having. I think, I think recent history would tell you there's not an advantage to having the experience, and maybe maybe it's a disadvantage to have all that experience because. I think you can let the enormity of the situation overwhelm you and and get you to the point where you're not loose where you're tight. Um and that always that always scares me a bit because I always say that it's it's not really the things that are different the week, right? You're the focal point. You do the media days, you do all the stuff that's required of you to do, right? There are a lot of things that, that can take you away from the task at hand, which is playing the game. That's what you're there for. It is a business trip. And so there's a lot of potential distractions. And if you don't have a, a team full of professionals, and I always say this just because you play a pro sport doesn't make you a professional. If you don't have a team full of professionals and you don't have great leadership on your team, guys can get pulled away. And then the attention to the details can lack. So that's one of the issues that you get into. The other issue is time. It just, like, especially with the week in between, it just, there's a lot of time. A lot of time. And you can use it to your advantage, but it also can be one of those things where you get so antsy that you're like, let's go, let's go. I mean, you know, the game doesn't kick off until whatever it is, 6.30 Eastern, you know. you got all day to kind of hang out and do your thing, um, you know, get off your feet, like, hey, get off your feet, get some rest, but you're just sitting there chomping at the bit, like, okay, I want to go. Um, and then, you know, from the pomp and circumstance of the national anthem to all the other things that go on on the field to the halftime that's extended, it's about double the length of a normal halftime, like all those things can can take you away the biggest thing i always tell teams when when teams have talked to me about it or, or players have talked to me about it the biggest thing to me is once you get your first hit in like once you go out and you put your hand in the dirt and you hit somebody um that's just a football game you know you, I, never one time like people disrespect you or you felt like you were disrespecting that super bowl 32 you know alls we heard all week is those guys have the biggest D-line. You guys have the smallest O-line. It's a complete mismatch. You guys aren't going to win. They're a bunch better team than you. Yada, 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 You know, and you use that as fuel to prepare and to, and to focus all week. But there was never a time once that first hit came out That I was sitting on the sideline, you know, waiting to go back in going, they disrespected us, you know. (laughs) Right. right? Remember the chip. Remember the chip. Don't forget about the chip. Right. We are just out there. At that point, you're just playing a game. And I say, whoever just settles in and plays football, like, this, plays it like it's any other game, that's the team that's going to have the best chance at success. The
1: Eagles win this game because they do what?
0: They dominate the line of scrimmage. And... Like, if I went from a confidence standpoint, let's say, okay, well, let's go confidence, like, player for player or position by position. The only position, and it's an important one, there's probably two position positions I would give the edge to Kansas City on. Obviously, the quarterback. I'd give him the edge. The other one, tight end, but only just slightly because of the way they use, you know, Travis Kelsey. And the other thing is Travis Kelsey is just, like, he and – he and uh, Mahomes just have a connection um, when things go off schedule. You know the, their ability to make off schedule plays is probably second to none. So that part is that part is Kansas City. But everything else, like O line, backs, Philadelphia receivers, Philadelphia as a group as a whole, Philadelphia um, D line, I'd go Philadelphia um, linebackers. I, I'd probably go Philadelphia. Corners and safeties, no question. Philadelphia. I mean, it's not close. So every other position. So my thought process is this: Philadelphia Eagles control the line of scrimmage. It's not going to be like it was against the Bengals and three backups. They control the line of scrimmage. And I've said this a bunch, and I've probably said it on this podcast. Um, some teams are big and strong. Some teams are fast and athletic. Philadelphia is big, strong, fast and athletic. <laughs> like, like there ain't no weakness. And they can run the power game. You know, they can run the tight inside zone game. They can run the duo, which is double teams front side. You know, guard tackle, double team, two tight end, double team. Guard center on the backside, double team. And it's just like a wedge. It's, it's, we didn't really run it. It really wasn't around in my time in the NFL. We didn't really run that play. But it's a great complementary play to your inside zone, like, weak because the footwork is identical on the on the backside so it's a it's a very nice complementary play but they're so big and strong even against san francisco who's got one of the best d lines in football they were blowing the d lineman five yards back into the linebackers laps and that's just a that's an ugly mosh pit six yard run that you don't have an answer for but then they're also athletic enough to you know play the pin and pull game right so Pin guys down, you know. Block down on guys. Pull your center around to the edge. And he's so damn athletic. I mean, he can run up and get a safety. The guards can do that. The the tackles have the ability. If you want to pin the tight end down and pull Lane Johnson around, um, they have that ability. They got three backs that are all really good that can really run the football. Gainwell and Boston Scott and obviously my uh, Sanders. So like they're they're really good running. And then you couple that with the 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 run game of the quarterback. Um, You know, my big thing with, with, if you look at the history of, of Kansas city losing games, go back and look at it every time they lose. And just, just about every time in the Mahomes era, and they, they don't lose a lot, but just about every time somebody else came in, dominated the time possession, you know, it's 37 minutes of possession, 41 minutes of possession. Like they dominate the possession and they shrink the game. And what shrinking the game means is a normal a normal football game you get about 12 offensive drives. If I control the tempo, I control the clock, I control the run game, all of a sudden I shrink that time because I'm possessing it all. Now you go from 12 possessions down to 8. And now you got to be perfect. You know, now you got to you got to score on 6 or 8 possessions. And that's really freaking hard to do. And so that, that, to me, is where Philadelphia has the major advantage.
1: So the, flip it on the other side, Chiefs win this game because they do what?
0: Because they create big plays. They create, and they create big plays in two separate ways. One is Andy Reid is as good as it gets from a game planning standpoint of how to do what Mike Shanahan used to do. Get you in a formation, you know, get them put themselves in a formation with a motion, with a whatever, and know exactly what your adjustment's going to be, and then get you on it. You know, get you on big play, slay, trying to jump a double move, and whoop, touchdown. So they get you because they make explosives, and their explosives score. And I, I, I haven't looked at the stats, but I guarantee you there's nobody that scored outside of 25 yards more than the Kansas City Chiefs. They just make big plays. The other part of that, and and this is where Patrick Mahomes and the ankle injury and everything, him having this extra time is really beneficial to the Kansas City Chiefs. The other part is the unscripted plays that you can't defend. So it's the second play of a one-play series. So it's not the play they called, but it's the play that it becomes. Right, right, and right, so right. Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating for a. There's two things. The two most frustrating things for a defense is when the offense just lines up and basically says, "We're gonna cram it down your freaking throat." You know, we tell this story about um, a Super Bowl that I wasn't part of, but it was the one of the first Super Bowls that the Hogs played in, and. Um, and actually, this was a NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl, and it was the the Washington Redskins versus the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys were, you know, the it was, you know, Tom Landry, and it was, uh, it was the Doomsday defense, and so Joe Gibbs singles in a play, and um, and Joe Theisman starts to call a play, and Russ Grimm. The pro, the all-pro, the Hall of Famer left guard goes, nope, we're running fifty gut. And he goes what? And he goes we're running fifty gut, which was just a downhill, a downhill play, um, to the left. Russ Grimm versus Randy White, come get a taste. Wham! just the diesel, goes for about four and a half yards.
1: Not to play the Gibbs called.
0: Not to play the Gibbs called. Gibbs is looking at Joe, and Joe is like, <laughs> he got his hands up, going, shaking his head, like, he pointing at Russ, right? So Joe singles in another play. Joe Theismann calls it, and Russ goes, "No, we're running fifty gut." <laughs> that is. He awesome. goes, "We are running fifty gut," and he goes, "All right, fifty gut on two, 50 gut on two, <laughs> green eighty, green eighty, how that? Boom, man, another four and a half yard first down." So now Joe is livid. He's looking at like joe theisman and joe gibbs is like living and so they single in another play and russ goes no we're running 50 gut and they ran 50 gut like six seven times in a row and just opened a can of whoop ass and you know it's it's just it's we're the hogs yeah we run the show yeah and we're gonna we're gonna win this game yeah and they go on to win a Super Bowl and, you know, and it's just, but it's a, it. it I think that was nice. 19- identity. You, you yeah. talk about
1: that all the time.
0: Yeah, they you have. talk about that all the time. An identity. And yeah. so the, the two most demoralizing things to a defense is when we can just cram it down your throat and there's nothing you can do about it. And then the second play being successful, you defend it perfectly and Patrick Mahomes takes off, scrambles around, gets tackled and flips one with yeah. his left hand. Yeah to some little, you know, Jared, Jared McKinnon yeah. running across the field and he catches it yeah. and goes for a touchdown. And you're like, you son of a mother, you know? Yeah. And so it's that second play, and that second play is, is really – is it undefensible or indefensible? Is it indefensible? I think it's indefensible. I think it is. I believe indefen- so. I believe. But so. un- whatever, same thing. whatever, hard to defend. Yeah, when you can't defend <laughs> something, that's what it is. Whatever that word is, that that's what it becomes.
1: So during the media day this week, a lot of dumb questions get asked, and uh, Nick Sirianni was asked a dumb question: Is this a must a must win? Yes, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, but there is there is actually a little nuance. He also
0: had another one, another dumb question who on your team would you not let your daughter date? And Nick Seriani looked at the report and goes, my daughter is five. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Hey, idiot. Oh. You know, it sounded good in my head yeah, when I asked the question. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. Is that your daughter? Uh, so, <laughs> so. <laughs> but in this case, there is a little nuance to the question of a must win. It feels to me, what do you think, that this is – More of a must win for the Chiefs because failed to win this game. Now you're starting to kind of go down that path of you only got one. All these kicks at the can, you only have one, and you run the risk of being labeled a dynasty that never was.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think there's far more pressure. You know, we like to talk about playing with house money. And, you know, people – some people are like, oh, yeah, it's real. Some people are like, oh, that's baloney, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm telling you, I played in three Super Bowls. Two of them, we were eight-plus-point favorites. And the feeling I got after those games was relief. Thank God we didn't screw that up. <laughs> I also played one Super Bowl where we were a half point underdogs a kick. The feeling of, of winning that Super Bowl was absolute euphoria. You can't tell me there's not something to playing on house money right. when nobody but the but guys in that locker room think they can win. And so there is that there is that aspect of of playing this game. You're 100% right. Five straight AFC championships. This is the third Super Bowl they've been to in 4 years. They lose this one and they'll go down, they'll go down is, you know, and and you know how these windows close and injuries happen and all this stuff all of a sudden you look at the end of your career and you've got one super bowl championship like you don't think you don't think one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is bothered by having one world championship in Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers you don't think that bothers them you don't think in a in a private moment, in a real moment, they'd look at Eli and go, really, that guy's got two Super Bowls and I've got one? And and that's not a – I'm not trying to slight Eli, but I'm just saying, like, these are some of the greatest that have ever played the game. And to come away with one world championship, when you're looking at Montana being 4-0 and Bradshaw being 4-0 and, and Brady being 7 of 10, and, you know, you're looking at those guys – um, That's big. Well, it's something Aaron
1: Rodgers can think about while he's sitting in the dark for four days. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to touch on that real quick? He's uh, the ghee butter, the heading off to uh, isolation now. Four days in the dark. Just going to contemplate life. Yeah. Decide what he wants to do.
0: How do you know after, if you spend four days in the dark, how do you know when you're done wiping? Do you do you like slide do you even go? Do you slide it under the door and ask somebody to proofread it for you? Like, hey, am I clean? Can you just tell me if I'm clean or not?
1: I'm not feeling fresh.
0: Yes, I don't. That's where you got to, dude. Wipes. Dude, wipes. You got to exactly. take the dude wipes with you. Make exactly. sure you are, you are. Cleansed. Courtesy wipe. Get that yeah.
1: courtesy wipe in there.
0: Um. Yeah. What? What? Four days in the dark.
1: Yeah. Hey, man. At this point, hey whatever whatever he does i just like hey i respect it i do i respect it he's he's open about it and he's like let's uh let's go let's go explore the mind explore the body all right we're running out yeah. of time we can always get into that more next week but time for your pick uh i i think i know which direction you're going in but go ahead who you got
0: well you know take this for what it's worth because i'm a bronco and Kansas City has beaten the Broncos, even though I wasn't on this team, but or, or haven't been around here for a long time. They've beaten the Broncos what 15 times in a row, I think is is what it comes down to. Um, that really is irritating for me. Um, so I'm going to take Philly 100, Kansas City nothing. <laughs> is. No, I I think Philly you wins. Like Philly. You I like Philly? I like Philly. And a lot of people think it's a close game. I, I'm I'm gonna take Philly by 10. Yeah, I feel I feel that strongly about their ability to dominate the line of scrimmage. That's that's kind of where I'm at. So I don't know. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I
0: I it's hard to bet against Mahomes. And
1: but one thing that Philly's done this week, they they haven't they haven't pulled on Superman's cape, you know? And mm. Like like Cincinnati did. I just I, I still look back at what Cincinnati, how they handled the the walk up to that that AFC Championship game, and it was just like, "What are you doing?" But yeah, I'm curious to see. Last the AFC Championship game, Mahomes and the Chiefs, I think, really embraced the the really the underdog role. They, they yeah. were they, the, the perception was they were underdogs. In this one, I know that Philly's a slight favorite, but it it doesn't feel that that same way. Maybe it just comes down to Eagles just being. You said this before the championship games. NFC has the better teams, the better rosters. AFC has the better quarterbacks, and usually you go with the better team.
0: Yeah, I I do, but, you know, you never know. You never know. But there's great storylines. Obviously, Andy Reid, coached against his former team that he took to the Super Bowl. That's great. The Kelsey brothers being the first brothers to play against each other in a Super Bowl. Obviously, Jim and John Harbaugh coached against each other in a Super Bowl. But uh, a lot of great storylines. It should be a phenomenal game, man. It should be a great game. So I'm um, forward to it. And then we'll uh, chop it all up, dice it all up. Uh, after, and then after the, after off the
1: season really begins when it gets real fun around the NFL.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Hey, listen, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth Podcast, for myself, for Mike, Millennial Ben, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you to wrap it up after the Super Bowl is over. Like to thank our presenting sponsor, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner, bet with Bet Rivers. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week on the Stinking Truth Podcast.